Well, folks, it is official. We are a banana republic. But let's not just focus on that. In today's episode, I'm going to be talking about what happened in Nashville and why this whole thing that is going on with President Trump is just a cover-up for that. I'm Drew Bennett, and you're listening to The Drew View. Welcome back to the show. I'm Drew Bennett, and uh, I like Jenny's chocolate chip. Anyway, I just thought that would be a fitting intro for what I'm going to be talking about today. But anyway, first off, I'm just going to give you my thoughts on just a little bit of what happened with the Trump indictment. We had that happen today, and it was, I think, as any rational person expected, a total, total load of stinky crap that Uh, I don't know if you guys know me. If you've ever seen me, you know how skinny I am. I think I have more meat on my bones than the case that's being brought against Trump does. Uh, It has absolutely no meat. It has no merit whatsoever. Uh, I think it's even hard. Like MSNBC and CNN, I think they're, I I haven't turned on really any news. I've just been kind of listening to articles. I like to listen to uh, international news outlets because those tend to be a little more unbiased. But I'm just kind of, looking at what happened. And I can imagine that even CNN and MSNBC are having a hard time defending Bragg and what he's doing, destroying our legal system and destroying our country. Honestly, it's really a sad, sad thing. But as is expected, this is going to really help out Trump and his campaign. I can only imagine that he's going to blow through the Republican primaries. It's going to be interesting because they kind of want to make the, uh, trial, which if the judge had any common sense would dismiss before it even got to that point. But anyway, they would have uh, this trial happen during January of 2024, which is right when the Republican primary is. So it's right when President Trump would be campaigning and doing the things that he likes to do. But uh, it's going to be interesting to see. It's just a total, total disgrace. Uh, Alvin Bragg is the biggest disgrace to our country that we have seen in a very, very, very long time. And the fact that a lot of people, you know, I was just, sometimes I just am in disbelief at our country. You know, I I really focus on the rational side of things. And and when people have absolutely no rationale, it kind of ticks me off. So I was reading a CNN poll, and I don't know if it's just CNN viewers, or it was a poll that they conducted. So if it was just their viewers... I don't know. But anyway, so it said 60% of people were in favor of this indictment. 60% of people were in favor of this indictment. Now, the same poll, 76% of people believe that politics played at least some role in the decision. And all you people that got all ticked off about Roe v. Wade being overturned and all that and say, politics should not be in The American legal system, and they're only doing this for political reasons. The Supreme Court is being swayed by politics. All you people who are saying that are the same 76% of people that are saying that politics are involved in what's happening to President Trump. You know what the only difference is? You guys all think that Trump should be indicted, and you think that his indictment, you view it favorably, but on the Roe v. Wade being overturned, you're out there protesting and you can't, you just want to upend every American institution because abortion was overturned. So there is absolutely 
no reason whatsoever why 73%, if 73% think that, or no, 76%, if 76% believe that politics played at least some role in this decision, they should throw it out. They should say, no, we view this unfavorably. And uh, this poll, they didn't have something for not sure. So it was like, you know, it was either yes or no. So it, it was just incredible to me. 76% of people said that. So that means only 24% of people should actually be in favor of this indictment. But no, people don't think with their heads. People don't think with their heads. That takes too much effort. I don't want to use my brain. I just want to use my emotions. Oh, Trump is bad. Oh. Grow up. What are you, two? Use your brain. But anyway, that's kind of all I really have to say. I haven't heard Trump's speech yet. I'm recording this right after Alvin Bragg just got done speaking. Uh, you know, he again, he's a disaster to this country. I'm I just get so ashamed when I see someone like him get up and speak and and just talk about the total bullcrap that they're doing to our country and to our legal system right now. It is just a disaster. I don't want to spend too, too much time on that because I do want to get into this next topic which is what happened in Nashville. Alrighty, so I'm going to get into what happened in Nashville, kind of give you some of my thoughts on that. And the first thing I want to say is what's happening right now with the Trump indictment, it's so interesting, the timing of it, because it comes right after this Nashville tragedy and as more was being released about it. So it, it is kind of interesting to see how as more and more come out about the Nashville tragedy, then they turn the focus really fast, which is usually pretty telling when the media totally shifts the narrative and when any politician or political figure tries to shift the narrative onto something else, you can tell they're usually trying to cover up from something. But again, I just want to reiterate in that situation, the police are incredible heroes. They saved so many, so many lives. Just again, it shows us that we cannot defund our police. They need to be funded even more so than they already are. So they get training like the Nashville police had because we don't need to see situations like Uvalde. Um, as tragic as these tragedies are, that's why we call them tragedies, but as horrible as they are, it's better when more lives are saved. And that is done when we have more police training, not less. So I started off the episode and I kind of made that little joke, but that was one of the most infuriating things that I think I've ever heard in my entire life. I can't hold it too much against President Biden because I I feel so bad for the guy because he is clearly in a declining mental state. And if you don't see that, you're I mean, everybody sees it, whether you want to admit it or not. That's neither here nor there. But he is in a declining mental state. And the fact that people still think that he's capable of being president and is capable of running again is just beyond me. But he gets up there and he makes a joke about ice cream after a tragic shooting. There is a time and a place for everything, and that was not the time or the place. And I think that people's social intelligence in situations like that are, it is kind of declining. I think, you know, social media plays a big part in that. And people's social intelligence is not great. They don't know the time and the place to say things. But when we have the president of the United States making jokes about the situation. And one thing I noticed, I don't know if you if you got if you guys haven't seen that clip, you need to go watch it because it's it's utterly disgraceful, but you need to watch it just to see how uh our president acted in that situation, but when I first heard that video and I heard everybody laughing, ha ha ha, all the reporters laughing when he makes this joke. I'm like, are they being paid to like what would what would make you laugh? When he comes out and goes, 
I'm Joe Biden. I'm uh, J- 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 Jill Biden, Dr. Jill Biden's husband. And I came down here because I was uh, pr- pr- promised Jenny's ice cream, chocolate chip, got a whole refrigerator full upstairs. Like, are you kidding me? Are you serious? The only reason you came down was for ice cream, you know, not to address the fact that there was just a catastrophic shooting. No, you came down because you promised Jenny's ice cream, chocolate chip. Like, are you kidding me? I, I, I just can't believe it. It's one of those situations where just the same thing as Nancy Pelosi putting out that uh, Trump had to prove his innocence. So it's one of those. It's like, wow, uh, at, at least she was not actually our president. Yeah, he's the leader of the free world, guys. Yep. Uh, I mean, it's hard for me to even call us a free world anymore when we're in Banana Republic. But, you know, and I think this would have had a totally different reaction if this was anything but a Christian school. And if the person, if the, uh, if the person who committed this crime had quite literally any other identity, because nobody will call this a hate crime. Everybody's like, no, we're not going to call this a hate crime. This wasn't a hate crime. No, 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 no. But if it was a white person going into quite literally any school, they will find some way to say it was due to white supremacy. Any other school, it could be a LGBTQ school, it could be a black school, it could be a uh, Jewish school, any type of, give me any sort of school other than a Christian school, a white person going in there, and it's a hate crime. But someone attacking a Christian school, targeting a Christian school, it's not a hate crime. They were driven to do this by all the hate that they have received. Oh, so that's what we're going with now. You just get to commit murder. Uh, you get to massacre groups of children and uh, school staff because you were being bullied or you were being, you felt threatened. Anything. There is no situation in which you go into a school with a firearm and kill six people and you have people sit there defending you. The only situation in, when this, in which this happens, the only case in which this happens is what we saw in Nashville. In any other situation, it's blame the gun and blame white supremacy or blame the gun and blame enter, you know, hate toward this minority group. Like it's, it's just ridiculous to me that if it's any other situation in any other case, it's, it's the gun's fault and it's a very hateful person that hated this group of people. But in this situation, it's not. In this situation, it's different. They were driven to this, and we should defend them. It's absolutely sickening. You know, there's so many people that stand up. And I mean, right, like, I don't get mad at this. You're corporate America. You can do whatever you want. But anytime there's anything that happens, that everyone in corporate America, all these companies and everything, they will turn their logos to, you know, be uh, blue and yellow for Ukraine or rainbow for the LGBTQ community. Like, I don't think those are bad things, but when you're doing absolutely nothing to stand with a community and what happened in Nashville, it's just astonishing to me that we only care about certain groups in this country. Like if, if you look at corporate America, they only care about specific, specific minority groups. They don't care about Christians. Like, (laughs) screw you. We're not going to put anything up. So standing with the Christians and standing with the community who were affected in Nashville. No, we're not going to do that. Like, and not that, like, I don't get upset over that. It's just something to point out that like, there is a totally, totally different view on how corporate America responds to different tragedies in different communities. So I just thought that was something to note. Kind of going along with it. I just think it's interesting. So 
The shooter was not considered a domestic terrorist, and it was not considered a hate crime. So all of this is just like, what do you call it then? What, what do you call it? You call it, oh, this person. They were so bullied. They were so oppressed. They were pushed to this point. And it's so unfortunate that the, the, all of society is to blame because they pushed them to this point. They pushed them to the point where they had to do this. Nobody put a gun to their head and said, go into the school and massacre a bunch of people because Christians are terrible. Nobody did that. They did that on their own free will. Why this is not considered an act of hate, a hate crime? If you believe in it, if you believe in hate crimes, which you know some people say eh, there's no such thing as hate crime, there is whatever. If you believe in a hate crime, explain to me how this isn't. Explain to me how this isn't. They won't release the. Uh, the there was like a manifesto, you know, something written. They won't release that from the shooter and probably because it was like, yeah, we're, I'm going after these Christians. Like they don't want to release that. They, they don't want to paint this person in a bad light. Like they don't want to do that, which is okay, whatever. But we can assume that this, and, and not, not even just assuming like this is a hate crime. You're targeting a Christian school. You know how many schools there are in Nashville? It was a Christian school that was targeted. It's very clear who their target was. This was a hate crime and an act of domestic terrorism and should be treated as such. And all of that, the only thing that we can still find to talk about is gun control, gun control, gun control. It has been talked about for years and years and years. Laws have been passed, laws have been passed, laws have been passed. Guns haven't changed, guns haven't changed, guns haven't changed. And guess what? We're still talking about it because you know what? No matter how much gun control legislation we put into effect, it's it's not going to, it doesn't solve the problem. It doesn't solve the problem that we live in a broken world. But, you know, because we can't think of any other thing to say, we're just going to stand on the victim's graves. We're going to say, you know what, these kids are examples of why we need gun control. And we just, we just use their graves as a podium for political agendas and and pushing those further it's just ridiculous and and you know all those people you say you know our thoughts and prayers are with the people and they say you cannot people get so offended by this i've never seen a time in my life and and it's so interesting before the gun control thing i've never seen a time in my life where there's ever been anyone against thoughts and prayers usually the people who are anti thoughts and prayers are on the wrong side of history just going to be straight up with you if you're getting mad at people for sending thoughts and prayers, what are you offering? You're offering empty gun control legislation that does absolutely nothing. Things have been proposed. It doesn't help. Yes, sending thoughts and prayers in your mind, in your point of view, might not be the best thing we can do. What are you offering? It's the same thing like what happened in East Palestine. Yes, you can get mad at Donald Trump for sending things to East Palestine, Ohio, and for visiting there and doing all this. But what are, what are you doing? What are you offering? Nothing. It's like you can't get mad at somebody for doing something when you're sitting on your hands doing nothing. Yeah, you can scream and shout and and have an insurrection in the Tennessee state capitol. You're not getting anything done. You're not getting anything done. The people who push this gun control stuff, and I'm not saying that all gun control legislation is bad, but it's just interesting to me that the people who push this gun control legislation know very little, if anything, about guns. Look at, uh, there was just a hearing with Mayorkas. The, uh, I talked about him a couple previous episodes ago. 
the uh, you know, head of the Department of Homeland Security, whatever. It's a whole long name what his position is. But he's, he was saying, uh, somebody asked him, you know, about a ban on assault weapons or a ban on semi-automatic. You know, they ask them these different questions. Okay, so what would you like to ban? Oh, well, I don't know the formal definition. Well, can you give me an example? Uh, well, um, and then, and then they spit off one. It's like, okay, okay. So like, you just want to ban that specific gunner. No, all the ones like that. It's just the people who want to ban these things don't know much about them. And so they're just like, uh, that's the problem. Let's blame that. Let's blame the inanimate objects. That's, that's always the best solution to everything is to blame inanimate objects. That's always what we should do. Like when there's a situation it's like blaming, uh, it's even worse than blaming, like, you know, people, oh, my dog ate my homework. Well, you're blaming it on a, it's still an animate object, but how about, uh, you know, it would be like saying, well, my homework stood up, grew legs, jumped in the garbage can, and, and that's, and that's why I don't have my homework. It got, it got thrown away. It threw itself away. Like, the guns aren't the problem here, guys. I, I don't know who needs to hear that the guns aren't the problem here. We live in a very, jacked up messed up society the guns aren't the problem here and especially if you know nothing about guns if someone asks you what you would like to ban and you say assault weapons and then they ask for your definition of an assault weapon and you can't give one okay it's yeah so all guns that look scary if it if it doesn't look scary if you paint it pink and purple and and make it all bright and fruity uh, you know that's fine but but those scary ones get those out of here like it, it, if you don't know anything about guns is that what you do you just oh yeah the ones that look scary we got to ban those folks the guns haven't changed the guns have not changed much if at all maybe aesthetically maybe in different forms or fashions but you know it has changed our response to these tragedies our response to people with different mental health issues and all all this has changed but what hasn't changed really at least hasn't changed that much are the guns themselves that everyone seems to blame for all of this another conversation the anti-second amendment folks aren't ready for is the fact that you know when the second amendment people people always say like yes when the second amendment was written they didn't have semi-automatic weapons they didn't have they didn't have this that you know they didn't have whatever you want to say fill in the blank. They didn't have that. You know what they did have? The Second Amendment guaranteed that you had the right to, like, let's just say a musket, for example. At that time, the weaponry that a average citizen was able to have was the exact same as the American military at the time, because this was what they were trying to do. The Second Amendment was not written to shoot deer with. It was written to protect against tyranny. If Back in that time, they felt that people should have muskets, just like the army does, because if anything ever gets out of hand and the government becomes too tyrannical, the people will have a revolution, just like what happened in the American Revolution. So if your argument is that, well, back then, the founders didn't envision people having semi-automatic weapons, and it's like, nope, but you know what they did have back when the founders were around? The citizens, the ordinary citizens, have the same weaponry as the American military. So you're saying that, if that's your argument, you're saying that we should have tanks and we should have everyday citizens should just be able to drive tanks around and should be able to carry fully automatic weapons. Like, are you kidding? That's a that's a stupid argument. And it's, a, it's really unfortunate as well 
that we can't just look at the situation that happened in Nashville and say, this was a horrible tragedy for the people involved. We have more people. We might actually have more people in this world, or at least a good chunk of people who feel worse for the community that the shooter belonged to, the trans community, than they do for the people who were actually affected by this tragedy. And And that's what's so unfortunate to me is that a lot of people have just skipped right past that and said, oh, well, this is just another way that we can hate on trans people. And it's like, that's that's not the the end goal here by anybody. Yes, more people are going to question the correlations between trans people and like different mental health things. And yeah, yeah, that's going to be brought up. And if you think that that is a worse crisis than what happened in Nashville, then I, I don't know what to tell you. But the fact that we care more about showing sympathy for the shooter and that community, like, I understand that that community, you might say, or you might think that they're hated on, whatever. But you know who's really hated on? A group of people who are just shot and killed because someone couldn't stand their religion. So while you might say that, yes, the trans community might be harmed by this because people are going to view them in a more negative light because somebody committed this crime. It's like, yeah, that might be the case, but it would be the same if the roles were reversed. People would continue to hate on white people if it was a white person who came and shot up anything. They'd continue to hate on whites, or if it was a Christian, they'd hate on Christians if it was a whatever. Like, it goes both ways, but the tragedy here is that we had six people, six people, three children, and three people who love children and dedicated their lives to helping and educating these children, all killed in a senseless, senseless way. And if you don't believe that that is the main tragedy that came out of the situation in Nashville, we're going to have to agree to disagree. And the last thing I'm going to hit on is just what happened with the Nashville insurrection that followed And again, I pointed to this a little bit earlier. It's just a two-tier justice system in America because you have a group of people who are gun control activists and who were in the Tennessee Capitol protesting, doing, if you put them side by side, literally the exact same thing as the people in the Capitol in the um, Capitol in D.C. were on January 6th. But the way that they're treated is totally different. You probably... Unless you listen to maybe some, you know, right-wing news outlet, you probably didn't even hear about it. You probably didn't even hear that people were on the floor with megaphones doing the same exact thing that happened during the January 6th insurrection. It's just ridiculous to me that it's not recognized as the same thing in both ways. Why is one a threat to democracy and a threat to America, the future of America, and it's people who are dangerous and should spend the rest of their life in jail, and the other group is just expressing their opinions and using their freedom of speech. I don't understand. I really don't. The January 6th folk were trying to influence how the people voted and whether they voted to certify or not certify, and the people in Tennessee are trying to influence gun control legislation. Both are trying to use fear tactics to influence elected officials and The fact that they both aren't treated the same way is a shame. It is a real, real shame. So thank you guys for listening to this episode. I did want to say 
these past two days between today and then uh, Monday, I guess, we're definitely more biased and we're more opinionated than what you would typically see. And that's just because there are some situations. I'm a human being and I see things and I get upset about different things and I see situations that I feel um, very passionate about. And that's why this is called the Drew View, because I'm letting you know my views on these topics. So I do appreciate if you were able to listen. I hope you got something out of the episodes. I will be back tomorrow and it'll kind of just be a news recap for the week. I know I haven't been doing a lot of, I did my question of the day Monday, but I haven't been doing a lot of my typical content that you would usually see throughout the week. But that's kind of because these two episodes between Monday and today are kind of unique episodes. You won't be seeing these all the time. So expect a normal episode Thursday. It'll just kind of be a news recap. And then hopefully, as long as we don't have any other jacked up crazy things going on in the world, I'll be back to my regularly scheduled programming starting next week. Now I'm just going to end in my closing prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for another day that you've given us. Thank you again for this platform that you've given me to speak about these topics. Lord, I just pray for the families that were affected and the friends and the community that were affected by what happened in Nashville. Father, I pray for our country's leadership, that you just give them wisdom in a time when it is desperately, desperately needed. Father, again, I just pray for the people in Stockbridge who were affected by the horrible tragedy. I just pray for them, their families, and just be with them. Give them comfort and peace. Lord, just be with our country. We're in a time of division and hurt, as it seems like we have been a lot lately. But just give us hope and help people to turn to you. Help people to realize that we are in a very broken world and that you are the answer to the brokenness, that you fill the voids and you are a great and mighty God. Thank you. We love you. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for sticking around until the end of another episode. I just want to remind you guys to subscribe wherever you get your podcast. If you have anything you want to talk to me about, chat with me about, let me know by hitting me up on my social media or my email. And I hope to see you guys back here again tomorrow. But until then, stay blessed.